Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Today is World Autism Awareness Day, or as some like to call it, World Autism Acceptance Day. Hundreds of thousands of landmarks, buildings, homes, and communities around the world will come together today to light their buildings up blue in recognition of people with autism and those who love and support them. Today, we're joined by James and Deborah Dykstra. They have two children that are living with autism. Today, they'll help us understand what autism is, and they'll also help us to understand what the realities and challenges are when it comes to autism. That's today on Connections. Today's guests are parents. Their names are James and Deborah Dykstra. They are the parents to two children who live with autism. Today is World Autism Awareness Day, or as some others like to call it, World Autism Acceptance Day. First of all, we want to learn more about your family. Tell us about the Dykstras. Okay. We've got two kids. There is Abigail. She's 14. She's in grade 8. There's Matt. He's 11 in grade 6. And, of course, there's the uh, two of us. I'm a high school teacher, and uh, Deb is a, uh, well, she'll be a part-time resource teacher by the time this airs. Oh, wow. So you both uh, are in the education field, and when it comes to special needs, then you guys would have a background and would kind of know what to look out for. Yeah, I've done a lot of work with Inclusion Winnipeg as well as a volunteer. So I actually run a book club for um, people with, disabilities um, at Pembina Trail Library every Thursday um, and uh, and so that's just one one thing that I've done um, we're actually going to have a Zoom meeting this Thursday because we can't meet in person anymore so you guys actually have some special needs in your own home, can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, we've got two children with autism and they were both diagnosed uh, about a year and a half um, so it has we, we we've been really really fortunate we've gotten all all sorts of help from all sorts of people who could provide us uh, great advice and probably the most challenging thing i think for parents with children who have different needs than average is not necessarily that it's always so hard because you you find a lot of people who are telling you about how difficult this is but it's different because most parents will go to their parents and they'll say hey Mom, my son, my daughter is doing this. And Mom will say, oh, I remember when you did the same thing. Well, we have the difficulty that we didn't do the same thing when we talked to our parents, and so our parents are like, hmm, I don't know, that's that's different. So we have been really, really blessed to have a lot of professionals along the way who could give us advice and uh, and support and, um, and people we could bounce things off of in that way. And other parents, too. There's people in our church who have walked some of this road or have known people who have and who have come alongside and really supported us. And in the broader community, too, like I mentioned, Inclusion Winnipeg, I've met so many people through that organization that are ready to help and support. Um, And so we've been able to build a bit of a community around us. What was it like in your household when you guys first got the diagnosis for your children? Uh, well, I, I will admit I was just sort of flabbergasted, blown away, because um, you get a word like autism and you're like, "Wow, uh, okay, that that's bad, that's serious, that's that's awful." Um, and I'm a little embarrassed about my reaction with the benefit of hindsight because it's different. But I mean, is it horrible? Is it awful? Um, 
No. Does it present challenges? Yes, because, you know, parenting has challenges. Uh, and these are just different challenges than other people. But, yeah, at the, the start, it was a real shock because you don't really know what it means. Yeah. For me, it was confusing because I didn't know what it meant. Um, and I had all kinds of assumptions and actually some wrong information about what, what autism is. Um, and no one will tell you what the future might look like. So you, it was a big, big sort of black hole in my mind of, of what, what I could still reasonably expect. But the blessing that came out of that for me was that I had to think about I had to think really hard about what it is that I hoped for my children, um, what dreams I had for them, and which ones um, were still reasonable, and which ones lined up with what I believe from from what the Bible tells me about what a good life is. Um, and so it was an opportunity for a lot of reflection and rethinking and centering myself on what is really important. What would you say to someone who might be in your position right now and have just received a diagnosis for their child and that they have autism? What would you say that, like you said, you you had some misinformation and you didn't really know all too much uh, about what the world was like with a child with autism? So what would you say to that person that's out there? I guess my thought, first thought would be, it, you know, it sounds silly, but it's going to be okay. Um, things will be different, but they will be good. Things aren't going to be what you expected, but there's still going to be a lot of good stuff. It's still going to be a wonderful time being a parent. You're going to have challenges as a parent, but you are still going to have all kinds of joy and all the biblical promises that your children will bring joy and that they're a blessing will still come true. Exactly. Your child is still who they were the minute before you got that diagnosis, you still know them better than anyone else. And take your time. Like sometimes as parents um, receiving a diagnosis in the medical system, we feel like we have to be in a hurry to figure out what to do because we have to act right now is what we feel like. But actually you do have time. You have time to stop and breathe and be with friends and, um, and do some research to think about what you still want your family to be and and how the supports that are out there, and there are supports out there, how those supports can fit into who you are as a family. When it comes to autism, for those who don't know, what are the realities and the challenges that that come along with autism? Um, well, maybe I'll just start this one. Um, autism basically means... Um, a person's brain is wired differently than what the average person might be like. And so for autism, that means communication differences, um, and there's a big range of what that can mean. Um, some people with autism don't speak at all. Some people with autism speak and develop their communication completely normally. Um, but there are still differences in the way people interact socially, even if they are good um, communicators. Um, which is the second um, difference to know about, that people with autism don't necessarily know how to interact with other people and uh, may be surprising in the way that they approach others. And a, a third really big difference is uh, sensory perception differences. So um, when a person with autism is encountering noises or um, light or sights, or a crowded environment, 
um, that can be overwhelming to their system, and they may react to that in ways um, that look defensive. Maybe they're trying to get away from too much stimulation. Our daughter, for example, really didn't like loud noises, and so vacuum cleaners and garage doors were almost traumatic for her when she was little. And that is surprising when you don't understand why. Um, and sometimes people with autism also have motor differences, so they might have a hard time learning um, movement skills. Like our, our kids learn to walk a little late. Um, sometimes fine motor tasks like tying shoes are especially hard or writing. Um, so for, for every person with autism, it's a different profile and, and different degrees of difference in those areas. Um, and the really important thing is to get to know your child and, and where their strengths and weaknesses are. Why is it so important to draw awareness to this day and to focus on autism for one full day? Well, um, I would like to sort of just change, change the, the name of the day there for a sec. A lot of adults that I've met who have autism like to call it Autism Acceptance Day rather than awareness because, you know, I'm aware there are problems in Africa. What am I doing about them? Not necessarily anything, because it seems way over there. But when you accept something, you say, hmm, these people are a little different than me. You know, sometimes their differences might seem a little strange, but the Bible, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, talks about how the body has many parts, and all of the parts are needed, and even though some of the parts seem, you know, kind of odd or unusual, we still need them all. And I think when we talk about autism acceptance or awareness, then we are saying, okay, these parts are not parts that we normally understand or parts that we say, hey, wait a moment, that's part of my normal worldview, but they're still valuable, they're still important, they're still ones we need, even if we don't quite understand why at this point. Do you find uh, that your faith has really helped guide you guys through this uh, new journey of having both children with autism? Absolutely. Uh, like I said earlier, the, the first task that landed in my lap was to think about what is a good life. Um, I, I had been thinking about, when I thought about my children, I thought about university degrees and successful careers and who could they be, what could they become. Um, and they're still going to become something, but that's not the important thing anymore because I, I had to remember that it's not it's not about what we accomplish in life that God values us for. He values us for being um, created in his image. And um, it's not our strength or our brains it, that, that make us valuable in, in God's word. It's just because he has made us. And people who are um, perhaps less capable or perhaps communicate differently or perhaps need our help, they're still valuable people in our world, in our society, in our families, um, because they have a lot to teach us about um, about waiting on God, about sharing joy, and about building community. Um, we need them, and and there's many many stories in the Bible that show us that everyone is welcome in God's kingdom. You know, the lame and the blind and the the people who are poor or forgotten about, um, you know, there's that parable where they're the first ones at the table. And so I think we really need to pay attention to that. Typically we hear a mother's perspective when it comes to their children, but we want to hear what it's like from the father's perspective. James, what is it like having two children uh, living with autism in your household? Well, 
I mean, I, I, on, on, in the first place, I think it's much like being the father of other children. At school, my colleague in the next room, I'll often go and talk to him about, you know, whatever. And his, his two oldest kids were born within a few weeks of my two kids. And it's amazing just the number of times we can kind of say, oh, your daughter did this, hey, my daughter did this, your daughter did this, my, my, uh, sort of my son did that. And the similarities are, are far greater than the differences um, that we, we find between our kids. And the other part of it, I think, is just sometimes dads have a tendency to let moms worry about their, their child's growth and development. And what I have noticed with our kids an awful lot is, well, I mean, typically if a couple gets married, they're... I think they're attracted to each other because one person has certain strengths which complement the other person's weaknesses and vice versa. And so some of the things my wife has trouble with with the kids, I find fairly easy. And some of the things I have trouble with, she finds pretty easy, which means I think our kids benefit if the dad, if me, if I'm actively involved, because I can do some things with the kids that she has trouble with. I have just some of my personality. I, I can work with them in a way that she can't. And I think the kids would be poorer to have... Just one parent actively involved. Dads need to be in there. I think it's biblical. I think you know, and I, I think it's something that that can't be shirked off just because there's differences and sometimes uh, some hard spots. This COVID nineteen pandemic that we're dealing with right now that is so surreal uh, has that posed any challenges for you guys in your household? <laughs> I think um, the biggest loss we have. Um, that I think everyone is feeling is, is community. <clears throat> you know, my kids, our kids have, um, they have good friends at school. They have people they're used to being with, uh, and they have a fair degree of support. Our school has been wonderful. Um, we have great teachers who are able to think outside the box a little bit in terms of learning support. Um, but I think the, the biggest blessing there is community. You know, I have kids come up to me and, and tell me they like they like my son and they like my daughter and they they make them smile and um, and I think of course everyone feels that way, right? We're missing the people we're used to being with. But the big the difference with us is that um, now we've lost our the people who support their learning. So where some kids can take a list of assignments and work through them um, with maybe a bit of support, um, <clears throat> for our kids, it doesn't really work as well um, because they do tend to need someone sitting there right by them. And um, and I know there's also people who have children who have even greater support needs than ours and are really struggling because they don't have an EA anymore and they don't have... Um, school staff who can support their kids through, um, you know, days when they're not feeling happy or or physical needs that they may have. And so as parents, we're not just coping like everyone else, trying to work from home and manage, um, you know, parenting full-time, but we're also missing those physical supports. And even though, I guess, even though you're both teachers and you have that um, background, it's still challenging. Well, it's diff- sometimes it's difficult trying to deal with, to teach kids that are your own kids because you are more emotionally connected and it's harder to see things objectively. Um, and just with, with any children, um, when I've had done parent-teacher interviews, sometimes I see things in children that the parent doesn't see. Sometimes the th- things the 
the parents see things in their child, children that as a, par- a teacher I don't see. And so we see things, but we're parents first of all, and you know, we're teachers in a secondary kind of a way. And so, you know, having other supports has is, is always helpful. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I see this, like I'm, I'm following what's going on with some friends who also have children with autism in Facebook, and I, I see this sort of landing one of two ways. And one is either the flexibility of learning is a good thing for some kids because they, they can do things in a way that suits them at home, um, maybe do less, maybe do as much, but they can tailor what they're doing to their preferences, and that can be a good thing. Or, like what we're finding, um, we're finding it difficult to keep our kids on task and also manage time-wise all the other things that we have to do. Um, so, yeah. Which was one of my questions uh, as um, teachers. Are you finding that difficult? Because that takes a lot when you're at work and in a physical building. Now you're at home trying to do this and still trying to take care of your kids and teach them. What kind of burden is that or is it a burden at all? Yeah, I'm thinking I really have four jobs right now somehow. Like, And, um, and I'm not sure how this is going to work, but I'm definitely not bored. Today we're joined by Deborah and James Dykstra. They have two children that have been diagnosed with autism. Overall, when all is said and done at the end of the day, for our listeners out there, what what would be the one last thing that you'd want to tell them uh, about autism that nobody really knows about? I think the thing that gets missed often is that people with autism want to connect. They want to be your friend. They want to be welcomed. They, they want to belong. Um, and one of the things about autism is that difficulty with social connection. Um, it doesn't mean that they don't think about people or like them. It means they just don't quite always know how to say hello. And so my hope would be that anyone listening to this would think about the people that they may know on the autism spectrum and think about how they can be welcoming, whether it's a hello or a high five or how are you, and to not worry if you don't get the response that you might expect but know that you have been heard and that um, just in reaching out and connecting, you are welcoming someone into your space and, and giving them a better day and helping them to know that they matter. What kind of resources are there out there that you would um, point people towards? The first thing I would say um, is that reading work blogs or books that are written by people with autism is invaluable. That was where, that was when things started to turn around in my thinking, and I'm still learning from them. Um, so I highly recommend doing that. Also, every province has some kind of autism society that is a great starting place for finding what is available in your community. Locally, the Rehabilitation Center for Children has some really great programming for kids with disabilities, um, and I can't recommend them enough. One of the things I would recommend is if you do a bit of a Google search, you will find groups of autistic self-advocates, which would be autistic adults, saying this is how we need things changed, this is how you can help us. And these are wonderful people to connect with simply because if, if you're a parent of autistic children, you run uh, when you meet these people, you run across a wide range of autistic individuals, and some of them are have almost no difficulty in society. Some of them have a lot of difficulty. And it helps you see where things uh, could go with your children. It helps you see that there there is a future, that it isn't all gloom and doom, as some people like to tell you. So, you know, meeting people who, 
who are capable members of society uh, who are autistic is, I, I think, a very important thing to do. Deb, if there's one last thing that you can say to our listeners about autism, what would that be? That loneliness is sometimes far worse than the disability itself um, of any kind. And, and so welcoming people with autism into your life or people with any kind of difficulty that might isolate them is just a really good thing to do. Uh, James, do you have anything else? I would just second that because I think if you go to church, well, we, can, we probably won't be at church on Sunday, but <laughs> the next time you're in your church building, I mean, if you look around, there are people who are in conversations and there's people who are always standing by the wall who nobody seems to talk to for whatever reason. Um, go up and talk to those people. and Maybe they're autistic or maybe they're just socially awkward, but um, it, it's all about including everybody in in the kingdom of God because they all matter because we're all made in the image of God. So many great things that we've learned today about autism, and I want to thank you both for joining us today, James and Deborah. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.